Disability Talks with Shane. Talking all things disability. Today I'm chatting all things fitness and heading into the virtual gym with Brett Anderson. Welcome to the podcast, Brett. Thanks for having me, Shane. Um, pleasure. Can you please tell us a bit about yourself? Yeah, I'm... Um I'm a uh, older personal trainer at uh, Casey Ray Health Club, um, and I specialise more in the um, in the senior side of um, classes and stuff like that, which I totally enjoy. Um, the seniors, kind of, because I can relate more to them, um, so I tend to get a lot more senior people. Um, but that's okay. I do do younger people. I do them all. We do you know all all shapes and sizes. Come and see us, and um, we've got a bunch of great trainers there. And, um, yeah, we um, make sure you have some fun and want to keep coming back. That's the main thing. Do you have any clients with a disability? Uh, yes, I do. I've got several. Um, uh, yeah, I've got uh, Robbie. I think you've met Robbie Shane. Um, he's got Down syndrome. Um, so it's an extra challenge because um, some people have got different – everyone's got different disabilities that, you know, you get there. Um, but uh, with Robbie, um, it took, took a while to kind of work out the best way is train Robbie um, because he he'll, he'll get upset or he'll just might want, not want to do something, and that's okay. And we'll find ourselves sometimes we'll just sit down and have a chat. You know, don't keep doing the workout, um, and when he's ready, we'll go again. Um, so you're not going to force him to do something. Um, you don't want you don't want people to hate training. You want them to enjoy it. So it's all about getting to know the person, getting to realise their strengths and weaknesses, um, and, and working out how to work with them and get the best results. So, you know, with Robbie, um, it was sometimes, you know, it was, it was a learning curve. Um, I'd never trained anyone with that type of disability before. Um, but, yeah, we, we got there in the end, and we were doing one-hour sessions, which is a, which is a, um, a longer session than normal. But um, we covered all the bases and um, we got there, you know. Um, I've got a couple of other clients that come in with their carers. Um, and as I said, you've got different types of disability. Um, another girl, Katie, comes in with her carer. Once, once I start training the person, the carer um, can either hang out with us or um, they can sit over and read a book or something. Um, with the carers, um, we found that they were actually going off and doing their own workout. So we had to kind of pull that back a bit and say, hang on, you're meant to be here as a carer. So I don't mind them doing a workout if they're doing what I'm doing with their client. Um, so if I've got Katie on the bike, her carer can jump on the bike next to it, that's fine. But we don't want the carer wandering off and doing something, you know, nowhere near us. So that was what we've kind of set up now, and that works well. Um, but yeah, Katie, um, she's restricting her movements and stuff like that. Um, and she's she's um, a great kid, um, and we get through the workout. And she's really keen. She's got a bright personality. Um, she's a real sweetie. Um, really enjoy working with her. And uh, she keeps, you know, she walks in the gym. She's all smiles, saying good day to everyone. Um, so yeah, it makes your day um, those kind of people. Um, but yeah, as I said, yes, yeah, so I've got I've got um, a few clients like that, and um, 
you work out the best way to get the best out of them, and um, and you go from there. As I said, we don't want to put you off. We want you to come back. We want you enjoying it. Um, so yeah, so we we kind of um, you know get to know them a bit, work out the best way, and off we go. So with that, what if you get people um, juniors and that with disabilities? That all work. Yep, that's fine. Um, as I said, all age groups. You've got um, some younger kids there. Um, I'm not sure. Sometimes I'm not sure what um, their disability is. Um, so you kind of just work around. And um, as I said, you figure out the best way going forward. Um, but yeah, there's a young kid there, um, one, of the, one of the young guys there. And uh, he comes in with his carer. And um, you just show him something. So you just got to, with with him particularly, you've got to um, show him something, make sure he can do it. And you might have to repeat it a few times before he gets the hang of it and does the right technique. Um, so that's the main challenge for this particular young fellow. Um, he really tries hard. But um, what I've found is he'll come back the next week and he might just do it a little bit wrong, so we've got to keep reinforcing. So as I said, everyone's different, um, these disabilities. Um, and um, so he just kind of struggles a bit to remember exactly how to do it. So you've got to kind of keep reinforcing, and that's fine. If we've got to show them how to do it all again, that's fine. Um, as long as they can kind of get that right um, and do it, then we can move forward. Um, if we've got to go back and show them again next time, that's fine. We'll do that. Um, because we don't want anyone doing an exercise with the wrong technique, uh, because that's when you can, um, you know, give yourself an injury, and that's the last thing we want. How do you feel about training somebody with a disability? Yeah, as I mentioned a bit earlier, that, um, it has its challenges, but it's different. Um, I, I really enjoy it because it's the difference the challenges it throws up, um, opposed to someone um, that walks in every day, yep, here's your program. When you get someone with a disability, you've got to think outside the square. You've got to think, okay, um, as I said, you learn a little bit about them, you have a chat, you do that initial consultation, uh, get to know them a bit, and then you might have to do some research. So it's really good for me because I can learn extra stuff um, that I never thought I'd um, need, um, you think you've got all the bases covered, then someone comes along and has got a certain disability, you're not too sure on what the limitations are on that particular disability, uh, so you might have to uh, do a bit of research and um, learn a little bit about it, get a bit of background, go right, now I'm, now I'm kind of sure what I've got to do here, um, we'll go with that, and so that's, that's, that's enjoyable because it's an extra challenge for me. Um, and, it, and it's different. So, um, but, I mean, everyone's different. Um, but, yeah, so that, that's really part of it, that um, you can kind of keep learning on the run. Um, it's like someone coming in with an injury. You know, I'm not a physio. I'm just a personal trainer. So sometimes you've got to do a bit of research. And, um, you know, with people with a disability, um, there's no difference. What is the most challenging moment you have had whilst training somebody with a disability? Um, yeah, that probably comes back to uh, 
Perth. Um, when I spoke about Robbie, um, we were doing, you know, we'd be doing workouts for, uh, you know, a couple of months now. And um, we got, we were doing a workout and um, everything was going fine. And he just sat down, just stopped, just decided he's just going to sit down and do nothing. So I didn't stand there and say, come on, you got to do it. You can do this. No, no, no. You've got to take a different approach. So I sat down next to him. I said, what's happening? He goes, I don't want to do it. I said, okay, that's fine. We'll sit here and talk. He goes, yep. Okay, what do you want to talk about? So we talked for about five or maybe 10 minutes. And after that 10 minutes, um, he's ready to go. So I've gone, okay, um, you choose next one. What do you reckon? What do you like to do? I like that one. Let's have a crack at that. Haven't done it before, but yeah, I want to have a crack at that. Yeah. So it was all a matter of basically um, sitting down, making him comfortable, getting him relaxed again, resetting, refocusing, and off we went. So it's something um, totally out of left field I just didn't expect um, because, as I said, we'd been training a while um, for weeks before that, nothing like this, but he just decided it was just too hard, didn't want to do any more. It's like a little protest, and that's okay. Um, we worked through it, and um, off we went. So they're the kind of little things you've got to kind of, um, as a trainer, um, when you're training someone with disability, you've got to kind of be um, just prepared for little things like that and, um, you know, make sure you're aware uh, rather than just kind of um, just pushing people and pushing them. Um, we're not all mean trainers. Um we try and look after you. We try and make you enjoy it. And that's the main thing. How has COVID affected your work as a personal trainer? Yeah, well, it's pretty much um, put a halt to it. Um, the whole gym's closed. Um, initially, when we went back after the first couple of lockdowns, um, we weren't doing personal training. We were just basically letting people into the gym. Um, they book in a session. Um, they go and do their workouts. As a trainer, we were just basically um, cleaning equipment while they were working out. There was no consultations, no personal training. Um, so that was the worst. That was so boring. Um, so you'd start cleaning equipment in one area and just work your way all around the gym, come back to that area. And once you've done that, start again. And you had the sessions. So people would come in, they'd do a one hour, 90, 90 or maybe a double session, two hour. Um, and then You'd usher them out. You had a 10-minute over, um, overlap where you could go and do a final clean-over and get them out of the gym before the next group came in. Um, people weren't happy with that uh, because um, they wanted to come in when they wanted. They didn't want to be told to go when they had to. You know, you had so many people, oh, I just want to finish that. I said, look, you can't. You've got to go because we've got the next group coming in. We can't have you all in here at the same time. We've got to kind of create these little bubbles. Um, so people were getting frustrated with that. Um, so that was another challenge. Um, but yeah, so it kind of really got back to PT training just probably before the last couple of lockdowns. But it was very limited because people had dropped off. Um, they were starting to lose um, patients with this whole pandemic. They were getting frustrated. They weren't coming back to the gym. So the numbers were dropping. Um, which is understandable because people just had enough. Um, so we were having more people quit than start. So 
Um, hopefully, once we get through this, um, people get their confidence back and um, we can start to build those numbers again. But uh, yeah, very frustrating. Um, you get people in, you train them, you write their initial program and off they go and two weeks later you're locked down again. Um, and then they, you know, you start up again, they come back and you've got to say, okay, we're going to start again. And um, I'd like a dollar for every time I've said that to someone, you know, we're starting again. It's so frustrating um, because you start to make a little bit of progress and then nothing. So, and that's another reason people just dropped off because, you know, there's some people that think, oh, will I go to the gym? Will I not? Um, and then this happens, they go, oh, no, I can't be, can't be bothered. I'm not going to go. It's not worth it. And I think after the last lockdown, a lot of people just thought that way. They said, you know what? I'll just give this a miss until this is all settled because it's not worth stopping and starting. And I can understand their frustrations. I'm lucky. I've got a gym at home. I can do my own workouts. Um, so I don't have to stop, but I really feel for those people that um, they can't do anything. I mean, I mean, you can do body weight exercises. I was telling that to people as we were going into the last this, this lockdown. Um, I was explaining, look, you can do body weight exercises, squats, push-ups, presses. You can, you know, get one of those um, those bands. You can buy some, you know, some dumbbells, and you can do a full body workout without any weight. So. I said, there's no excuse not to do anything. You can walk, um, can, you know, do a bit of a jog or whatever. So that's what I was trying to get across to people. Um, there's no need to just stop and do nothing. So hopefully um, some people have taken that on board because what I found after the, after the last long lockdown, people came back. And when you do put people on their um, body scan analyzer, um, you see they've kind of regressed. Um, and you feel bad because um, they, you look at it and they look at the numbers and they kind of think, okay, um, I've gone backwards and they feel bad. You feel bad to them. Um, it's just, yeah, it's not ideal. So it's where we are at the moment. We've got to try and work through it. Um, there's no sign of the gym coming back um, at the moment. I think we'll have to wait another couple of weeks before the next announcement and, um, See if there's any light at the end of the tunnel, yeah. And with that, in with the new restrictions they said about on the twenty third, they said about the um, you can do personal training outdoors in a group of two. Yep, that's that's possible. Um, with the way we're set up with our personal training down there at Casey Race, it's pretty much um, you kind of have the client there, and then you might if you want to go outside, that's fine. It's not so much um, that you um, if you wanted to work out with a per, with a personal trainer. Um, the only way we could probably do it is actually if they contacted us outside the gym um, and kind of just said, "I want to do a personal training session." Um, depending on um, uh, distance restrictions, you could probably organise that, but it wouldn't be through the gym as such. Um, it'd have to be um, separate. So. Um, there's kind of a yeah another issue to kind of work around. I know some some of the trainers have outside clients that aren't, aren't seen through the gym, um, and they've set up at home where they run classes, and that's fine. Um, but yeah, um, as such, as I said, um, if I wanted to do any of that, it wouldn't be through the gym. 
Is it is it harder to train somebody in a mental disability or physical disability? Ooh, that's a, that's a curly one, Shane. Yeah, okay. Um, ooh, plus of the coin there. Um, having having um, done both, I think I think it's more challenging um, with physical because you've really got to nail the exercise. Um, if they're restricted in the movement, um, and uh, you don't want to. Um, cause any um cause them any pain or any grief or uncomfortable make them uncomfortable um so i think it's a bit more of a challenge if they're physically impaired that way where um they can't they just can't do it perform a certain move and you've got to work around it i think that's a lot harder uh mental disability um as i said like the young fellow was talking about um you've got to keep reinforcing how to do the move even though you show them, they may still do it slightly different to what you're just showing them. So you just want to keep working on that and just keep showing and just keep reinforcing. So that's probably not as hard. I'd say, yeah, I'd say the physical disability is a bit harder because you've really got to make sure that you um, work out something they can do um, that doesn't basically um, make them feel uncomfortable or in pain or something like that. And you, you work around it and you've got to probably do a little bit more, as I said earlier, a little bit more research um, to try and work around those disabilities. Does the gym have any NDRS-based programs? Um, I'm not 100% sure. I know that um, some of my clients are funded uh, through that, um, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, I know they've got certain programs like um, they run promotions um, where if someone can't afford a gym membership and it's called, I think it's called Open Doors Program. Have you heard of that, Shane? No, I haven't. Yeah, I think the Open Doors is um, funded by Casey Race where um, if someone is um, on a pension or something like that, um, they give them free workouts or membership um, and it's funded through KTRA somehow. So I think that's, that's pretty much... I know there's a lot of programs, but I don't think there's any um, NDIS-type stuff apart from, as I know, from some of my clients being um, get receiving funding from that to do their training. How does it work about them doing the training with the NDIS? Um, if they haven't got NDIS? I mean, how does it, how do, how does it work... With them using them in the in the gym. Yeah, I believe the um, client gets the funding amount, and then if they want to do, you know, want to use that money to buy a membership. Uh, I think that's how it works. And if they want to do personal training, then the okay um, personal training costs a certain amount, half hour, one hour, and then they just work out. Uh, like I said, example Robbie. Um, with Robbie, he worked out. Um, 10 one-hour sessions. Um, he gets funding for that, and then he'd go again and get some more funding, and that's how he's doing that. So I think everyone's a bit different. Um, as I said, you can get it just to probably buy a membership. Um, and, yeah, the personal training, as I said, costs a little bit extra, um, and some people want that. Some people like that guidance, that one-on-one, 
um, as opposed to other people who just want to get in there and do their own thing. Does the gym have any small group classes for people with disabilities? Uh, no, they don't, Shane. Um, it's usually more one-on-one. Um, I think the reasoning behind that would be that if you had, say, a group of five people with disabilities and they had different disabilities, it would make it really hard um, for one to just having that one trainer to cover those five, for example, five people. Um, you'd probably need more than one trainer because, A, you'd want to make sure they were doing the right exercises um, and, B, you'd need someone basically monitoring, monitoring depending on their um, level of disability. So that would be a real challenge. Um, you might need three trainers for five people and it's just not a not a viable option I'd say um, because of that um, we haven't got the resources to kind of put three trainers into one class um, yeah so that's probably why it's more preferable maybe on a you know, one trainer to one or two people they could probably do that but um, any more than that um, as I said depending on the disability um, it could be quite challenging um, to try and get the trainers in place uh, to get that done yeah what are the key things you've focused on when training somebody with a disability? Uh, yeah, I think I just touched on this a bit earlier. The key, the key thing is you want them to enjoy it, okay? You don't want them to walk out there and think, I hate that, I'm never going back, right? So I try and make people laugh. I try and have some jokes with them. Um, you, try and, you try and get them to be their mate, right? You want to... You want to be mates. You want them to enjoy it. You want them to look forward to come back to see you again. So that's why I was saying you get try and get down to that personal level where you have a chat, get to know someone, their likes and dislikes, and you're trying to write a program or do a workout that they enjoy. And sometimes you'll say, what do you want to do next? And you give them the choice. Rather than say, we're doing this, we're doing that. Um, sometimes you'll say, we're going to do that. And they might say, oh, okay, do you want to do that? Okay, what about this? Yeah, okay. So you work with them and you try and make it a fun thing. Um, and it's the same, like if I'm training um, younger children, um, you might turn the rowing machine, there's games on that. So they, they play that game where they do, they do the rowing and all that. So, and they might do a bit of skipping. They do some fun things. It's not all about, you know, no pain, no gain. Sometimes it's about just the movement. Um, to get the fitness, that's all it is, and they enjoy it. And that's the main thing. So, yeah, so people with disability, same thing. You, um, you want them to enjoy it. You want them to look forward to coming back. Um, you don't want them to loathe it. So if we can get that instilled in them, if they're having fun they want to come back, then we've done our job properly. As a personal trainer, did you learn about training people with a disability when you did your course? I don't think it really touched on people with a disability as such. It was more about um, people with um, something like like high blood pressure, diabetes, kind of thing like that. So these are these are um, you know a bit different to a disability. Um, I think with the, more with the disability stuff, 
Um, yeah, because there's so many disabilities, I suppose, um, if you kind of added that to our training, um, gee, um, you'd be, uh, you'd probably have another book because of the variation in disabilities. So, as I said, that's why um, sometimes we've got to do our own bit of research. And that's fine. We kind of, you know, you get, an, you get a rough idea of what, what people want and where they're at. And um, you can kind of figure it out from there, just from experience. Um, so, yeah, so it's pretty much, um, yeah, just we, we'll kind of um, work it out. You know, we'll, we'll do the research and um, try and do the best for our clients. Um, but, yeah, I don't think they really touched on that much um, in our training, that's for sure. How does the gym facilitate for people with special needs? Um, okay, so the um, one thing, they've got the ramp. Um, for wheelchair access, um, so that's kind of um, we've got some people in wheelchairs that come up there. Um, what else? Uh, and pretty much, that's pretty much it. Um, we've got you know the trainers, extra trainers, um, just monitoring people all the time. Um, you've got trainers actually training, and you've got other trainers where they're just kind of walking the floor. And the idea there is to make sure that no one's doing anything um, wrong, um, keeping an eye on people, um, you know, when they're having any accidents up there in the gym. Um, because, yeah, you see some um, people doing some strange things, and these people haven't got disabilities, um, and they're doing some crazy stuff that um, could lead to injury. So, so I suppose it's kind of... Um, you know, you've got the you've got the people walking the floor, monitoring people, um, just making sure that if they need a hand, we're there to help out. So I suppose that's all we can really do. Um, as I said, most of them have got a carer, um, and if they haven't, we can kind of keep a closer eye on them. Um, but generally, that's probably about it. Just the access um, and making sure that people can get into the you know you've got the um, all the um, uh, toilet, shower facilities, all that kind of access. Um, so, yeah, so all the normal standard things that you'd expect um, for a public um, place um, to facilitate anyone with a disability, um, I think they've got it well covered. With your training, do you prefer to go and work out on your own or do you prefer the personal trainer one-on-one? A bit of, uh, I prefer a bit of both. A bit of both? Yeah. And why is that? So you've got to get more focused. Okay, so with a PT, it's basically you've got someone to answer to, isn't it? Yep, and yeah. And one thing I want to ask you, tell us more about the um, the map counter that you got me into. Yep, that's um, the MyZone program. Yep. Yep, that's a really good um, motivational fitness tool. That we got in uh, a couple of years ago now, um, where you can buy this um, belt you wear and it monitors your heart rate and it gives you, uh, you get points um, for your heart rate. So there's different zones. Um, so if you get into the red zone, that's when your heart's at maximum and you get four points a minute registered to your account. And then if you come down to the next level, which is the yellow, you, get, you also get four points a minute. And then you get the green, which is three points a minute. Blue is two points a minute, and then the grey is one point a minute. So every month we have challenges, so who can get the most points? So the more you work out, the more points you get, 
and they have a leaderboard and a gym. So it's a really good motivational tool. Some people are really competitive. They don't want to lose. They want to get as many points as they can. Um, and the good thing about the map, um, to my zone belt, you can you can go for a walk around your local lake. It's still going to record those maps. You don't have to be in the gym. Um, and we've found it's really popular. We've got a leaderboard now. We've got hundreds of people um, joined in. And it's just like a bit of a Facebook um, family because you're, you're online. You've got so you can friend people, you can watch their workouts, you get a read out of their workouts and what they're doing. Um, and yeah, it gives you, it, it really gives people motivation to go out and work, walk out, work out, sorry. And, um, you know, they want to try and get as many points as they can, um, especially if they're in a team challenge. Um, sometimes you put teams together. And um, we've just done that uh, earlier this year. That was very successful. Uh, I think we had five teams. And um, so, yeah. You know about that, Shane. Um, you've used it playing table tennis. And yes, I have. Met, got some good map points there. Um, and that's what that's all about. It's just all about people moving. Um, and, every, you know, and you know, it doesn't matter about the 10,000 steps. You get your maps up, you know. Um, so, yeah, it's a really good program. And um, actually, we usually sell out of belts as soon as we get them in. That's how popular it's become. Um and they've just released a new one, I think, where you can wear it on your wrist and you can actually wear it in water. So that adds another dimension to it. So, um, but yeah, that just came out. But um, unfortunately, we're locked down and shut down. So we really haven't had a chance to really um, get that one, get that part going properly yet. But um, hopefully, sooner rather than later, um, yeah, we can um, get that going. Well, they usually cost roughly people interested. Yeah, I think. If you bought them online, it's about 120 for the current um, the MZ3, which is the one that's not waterproof. You just wear it around your waist. But through the gym, if you remember, I think you get it about 80 or something like that. Um, the one you wear around your wrist, or that it's a bit more expensive. The waterproof one, again, I'm not sure the price on that one, but you get it. You get a, a pretty good discount if you remember. So that's another great thing um, about being a member of the gym. Um, you get discounts on these kind of things, you know. So they they don't um, make profit out of it. They just basically what they get it for. They buy in bulk and they on sell it for that price. So it's um, pretty good deal. As a trainer, do you do you have areas you specialise in? Um, yeah, I think I probably briefly touched on that at the start. Um, I train. I do a couple of classes. Uh, men's shed in Derrick. Um, the Lynbrook Ladies Group and the Bella Bella Group just next to Cranburn Gym there. Um, they're all older adults. Um, so I kind of, as I said, because I'm, I'm an older adult, um, I can kind of relate to a lot of the things that they're going through, the injuries, um, the stiff back, the sore legs, all that kind of stuff. Um, and, you know, you kind of have a joke with them. Um, and you have a really good rapport with them and really enjoy that. So it's not something you kind of, you do that in your training, um, but it's something I've kind of evolved at. Um, I've done research on training seniors. Um, I haven't done any specific extra training for it. It's just all off my own bat where I've done all the research, come up with programs and variations um, to keep it um what's the word, probably um, as varied as possible. I don't want to kind of roll up and give them the same thing every week. 
So I always mix it up and make it really enjoyable for them. And um, we've been really successful at the men's shed and Lynbrook. We've got high numbers. But again, unfortunately, due to COVID, um, that's kind of, um, they, I don't know if they'd be actually back this year the way it's looking. Um, I was doing a, a senior um, warm water workout class and I have not seen them for two years now. They were due to come back last July before the last lockdown. But um, yeah, they were a lot, they were a bit older. Um, a lot of them were from nursing homes and it was just gentle warm water exercise. Um, so they were always going to be the last ones to come back. Um, given their demographic and risk factor. But um, as I said, unfortunately, yes, it's two years, just over two years now since I saw them last. So it's a shame. Um, but that's what we've got to work with at the moment, yeah. Thank you for your time today, Brett, on Disability Talk. It's a pleasure, Shane, anytime. Today I'm chatting with Brett Anderson, who is a personal trainer and also works at YMCA, Casey Rays. This is This Week Talk with Shane. Ciao for now. That was another episode of Disability Talk with Shane. For more episodes, check us out on Spotify or check us a like on socials. Mm-hmm.